You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to Hemp Resent. Our radio resident Hempo Sapien, Vivian McPeak, will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to Hemp Resent about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. Friends, I'm Vivian McPeak, and this is the Hemp Resent Resistance. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, speaking flower to power for 29 years, and to be a live stream event this year on October 10th and 11th at hempfestonline.org. I am also the author of the book Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest, which is found at hempfest.org. This show is a weekly read for Radio Rebellion, where I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers, and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement, and beyond. If you have feedback or would like to suggest a guest or topic for Hemp Present, email me at hempresent at gmail.com. Today's guest on Hemp Present is Leonora Leo Russell and Cody Zaleski. Leo Russell serves as the Executive Director of Decriminalized Nature Washington and Entheo Society of Washington. Leo is a licensed marriage and family therapist with 18 years of experience. She has a passion for exploring new treatment modalities through entheogens with a focus on mental health and chemical dependency. Career started as a provider of cultural based counseling in the Native American community with the United Indians of All Tribes. She spent 11 years as a state social worker for the Washington State Department of Social and Health Services, serving the Martin Luther King Office, Indian Child Welfare Unit, and Family Treatment Court. Ms. Russell also volunteers with the Seattle Indian Health Board in their Chemical Dependency Department and is currently interning with the Organization for Prostitution Survivors, running a chemical dependency group focused on the intersection of feminism and addiction recovery. Cody Zaleski serves as the Community Outreach Director of the Decriminalized Nature Washington Entheo Society of Washington. He has served 
He has earned a BS from the University of Minnesota in neuroscience and is currently a researcher at the University of Washington. Mr. Zaleski has been working in neuroimaging research for the past decade and is currently studying the longitudinal effects of traumatic brain injury in veterans. He is also interested in neuropsychological approaches to studying plant-based entheogenic medicine for improving mental and neurological well-being. And he works with Fair Vote Washington to promote to promote rank choice voting as an equitable nonpartisan improvement to our current election process. Ooh, that was a mouthful, all of that. And they have both joined me today. Welcome, Leo and Cody, to Cannabis Radio. Thank you. Nice to talk to you. That was a real twi tongue twister of an of of intro there. Oh, um, goodness. Yeah, so, yeah. An entheogen, if I can go Wikipedia on you for a second, can be described as a psychoactive substance that induces alterations in perception, mood, consciousness, cognition, or behavior for the purposes of engendering spiritual development in sacred context. But the simple words might be to call it a psychedelic, or some people would call it a upaya. I personally am very thankful for my own psychedelic experiences. I wouldn't be the crazy person that I am today without them. Um, let's just start with you telling us what the mission of Decriminalized Nature Washington and Theos Society of Washington is. Uh, what can you all tell us about your work? So I'll start and then I'm gonna let Cody answer. I think that what we are trying to do is provide a voice for um, entheogens, that they are part of our culture, they're part of who we are as a species. We have been interacting with them since the dawn of time. And um, and it's been primarily a religious or a spiritual experience for, for many throughout history. But we have an opportunity here to advocate for um, decriminalizing these plants and fungi. And so primarily what our focus has been is to really focus on raising awareness and um, and asking city council to uh, partner with us. And that's where we're at right now. And we're also on the precipice of looking at a ballot um, initiative, which is what you see in Oregon and you see in Washington, DC. So, um, so I would say that our organization overall is about building community, building awareness, but of course, always decriminalizing these plants and fungi. Yeah, definitely. You know, at the end of the day, we are building a community. It's about information, it's about education, preparation, application, integration, implementation, and reciprocity with other people, with substances that um, are spiritually beneficial. I mean, you look around right now, and society is in a state of flux, it's in a state of change. And we're on the heels of, you know, ending uh, marijuana prohibition nationwide. I think, you know, it's on the ballot in like five states right now. Uh, and people are realized that these substances that were categorized as, you know, Schedule One substances 50 years ago have therapeutic purposes. They've been hidden from us this this entire time, and not only that, we're discovering that they're extremely efficacious for treating numerous numerous things. Um, people are rediscovering the autonomy to consume what they please, and that the legal gatekeepers of society are not the doctors. People are rediscovering indigenous medicine, and we have a real, we have a growing body of literature to back this up, and we need to update the legal framework for the 21st century to reflect that. I want you to expand a little bit on that. Why, why do you feel that this issue is important at this time uh, in, in our region? Uh, I mean, it really kind of feels like the 60s again in a weird way. <laughs> Um, do you think that there's a unique opportunity now or an openness to this? Why do we need advocacy and legislation about entheogens right now? Oh, oh my God, that's such a huge question. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
Uh, in a nutshell. In a nutshell, you know, we're finding that they are extremely effective for treating so many things. I mean, you look at the effectiveness in Alcoholics Anonymous. I think it's, you know, it has a treatment effectiveness of like, you know, 10% with using ayahuasca, for example. And you're kind of talking about microdosing a little bit, right? Um, microdosing, yeah, microdosing that. is one aspect of that, that um, we are seeing that there are beneficial long-term effects. I mean, the scientific literature out there is, you know, it's study after study after study is showing that these substances are so beneficial to, to in such a wide variety of different, uh, you know, treatments for different disorders. And, you know, for right. example, treating addiction, like with ayahuasca, we have a success rate of over 50% with treating addiction with ayahuasca, at least in some of the studies I've seen. And that is insane. You know, I think the fact that this is not a more, that entheogens are not more widely used in the medical community, it's, it's medical malpractice. So Vivian, I, I would add to that, just, just to say that if you look at our region, if you look at Black Lives Matter and you look at the occupation on Capitol Hill, you're really looking at like this kind of sense of civil unrest in our community. You're looking at folks that are looking for solutions and you're looking at a city that has been classified as Seattle is dying. And then we have our community, right, which is coming along that saying, hey, we're partnering with people that are starting a psychedelic center at the University of Washington. Like we are going to be uniting people from all walks of life. And how many um, how many uh, social justice movements do you see that unite people from all walks of life? Because we've got businessmen, white old businessmen that vote uh, Republican. And we've got people that are black punk rockers, you know, like we've got everyone in our group. And I don't know how many like community organizations call that spirit of how do these plants um, and the impact of these plants and fungi unite us because these are people craving healing. Our communities are craving healing. Seattle is craving healing and we offer that. Our planet's craving healing. And I wanna say, I meant no disrespect to macro dosing, of course. You know? <laughs> um, uh, you're working on a, a, a drafting resolution inspired by efforts in the city of Oakland. Is that right? Mm -hmm. yep. Yep. Tell us about that. Yes. So, um, you know, our partners at Decriminalize Nature Oakland, uh, you know, it was spearheaded, you know, I guess almost two years ago by um, two guys, Carlos and Larry. Um, and, uh, you know, a similar effort that you may or may not have heard of was also got off the ground in Denver at the same time. So the Oakland resolution makes um, all entheogenic plants um, essentially the lowest priority of enforcement, uh, which is about as close to decriminalization as you can get at the local level. And Denver, Denver just focuses on psilocybin. But, you know, Oakland is a real, it's a unique ecosystem of, you know, activists of communities of people of color and the organizers, they were able to collaborate with the city council and make that a reality. Uh, you know, in Denver, you know, it's easier to get measures on the ballot. And so that also passed in the same year, different way, but it ultimately accomplished roughly the same goal. Uh, it very narrowly passed. Uh, and now since then, Seattle is one of a hundred other cities that has is introducing much of the same language that the um, these individuals in Oakland came up with. And so, for example, Santa Cruz also passed a similar resolution and followed up with what Oakland started. And we think we can do that here. 
to Seattle, you know, it's a fairly, you know, progressive, diverse, educated city. And there is no reason that we can't take that step here. You know, just like what originally happened with marijuana, you know, several decades back. And, you know, hopefully we make it the lowest priority of enforcement and the enforcement officials are just like, you know what, we have better things to worry about than this. I know there's some, also some folks in Canada who are doing some of the same things and are just, um, are just, uh, you know, daring the government to, you know, crack down on them, uh, putting their neck out and uh, making some strides and efforts in uh, decriminalization. Well, I would also add to that that we, the community um, efforts in Oakland are also to have a resolution passed soon that would actually allow above board ceremony where you're actually giving money mm. above board. You're not, it's not a secret practice. We're not hiding that where I'm paying someone who's a healer to do a ceremony with me. Wow. That's, um, that's pretty powerful stuff. Um, right. This is great stuff. Um, and as Jimmy Hendricks would say, have you been experienced? <laughs> I have. <laughs> I'm talking to Leo Russell and Cody Zaleski. We're taking our first break here. We're from our sponsors and advertisers. We'll come back with our second segment. Don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling. With the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take-anywhere treat. Fetch your earbuds and stay tuned for some pure pet care conversation. Hi, it's Angela Ardolino with It's a Dog's Life, and I have Hernanda Umana joining me. We're just both so fascinated with how much we've learned since we've been in this pet industry and creating an all-natural product. Because it's a dog's life. I am a huge fan of my guest today, Dr. Bob Goldstein. I have, in my experience, not seen many natural substances produce the results that CBD is producing in the animals that we are testing on. It's a Dog's Life with Angela Ardolino, only on Cannabis Radio. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. (laughs) They have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA free and lead free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. We're back to Hemp Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we are back talking about the psychedelic experience 
Um, you uh, can you talk quickly about the Ento Society of Washington and Decrim Washington Split? Was that one organization at one time? What's up with that? Yeah, we started out as Decrim Seattle, but we had the intention of getting the Decrim Nature Washington um, as a larger domain name because our plan was to take the state after we started out with city council here as far as decriminalizing goes. Um, and as we partnered with other folks and so forth and started this 501c3, which is Entheo Society, and Entheo Society is going to be focused on building a psychedelic community center. That's going to be a learning uh, center for people to come for retreats or workshops or to do above board ceremony once we get that approved. And, you know, really a place to build community and like have a library and have workshops and things of that nature. So a place where we have a physical setting in Seattle. And that's something that we're working on to create with the Entheo Society. But the Entheo Society is a 501c3 and the 501c4 will be our decrim nature movement. And that's eventually the plan is to try to take the state. Right now we're gonna just start off with city council and doing it locally here with um, the city of Seattle. And that's a 501c4. Hmm. And you met with the city council? We have, yeah, in April, we, we went, met with Lisa Herbold, <clears throat> who had supported the, um, the cannabis movement, as you know, um, and she basically told us to come back when, when we have a movement. Um, and so that's kind of where we're at right now is that we're, we're potentially partnering with other people in city council, or we're going to move forward with the ballot initiative, uh, which is similar to what they have in Oregon and in D.C. Speaking of the movement, I'm, 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 I'm really curious about the movement of the mind. Can you both talk briefly about your own experience with psychedelics? What have you gained uh, from their use? I know I've gained much. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Cody. Oh, well, you know, I originally started, I think, as a lot of people do, from being an inquisitive college student. <laughs> um, but I will say, you know, as many of the studies on this topic will suggest, it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. Um, psychedelics have helped make me more comfortable with an ambiguous world and you know ambiguity is scary like we don't like the unknown we don't like the unresolved evolutionarily our brains are not equipped to handle that well and you know that that induces fear and in the, you know the words of frank herbert fears the mind killer we the amygdala amygdala yeah right exactly yep the amygdala is big is an important role in that and we ruminate on all of these problems and they lead to you know depression they lead to anxiety they lead to addiction uh, and all these are problems of rumination of having you know these fixed mental patterns inside your head that you can't break but psychedelics can help you break out of those ruminative states um, so your mind can be more flexible and can be less afraid and you know and more comfortable with an ambiguous world and we're comfortable with the unknown. And I know psychedelics have helped me personally come to come to grips with that and stop fixating on all sorts of crap, you know? I know that's not like a super concrete answer, but. Uh... No, no, it's true. I mean, I mean, they're using psychedelics with people who are end of life experiences, people that, mm -hmm. that have terminal illnesses, uh, depression, addiction, Recovery. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's amazing what, when you tap into the human brain and 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 you get a chemical reaction. It's uh, there's a whole world people don't understand exists around us all the time. Mm -hmm. And and I mean, my life. I wouldn't be who I am today. I grew up in the seventies. I'm very lucky. I came of age in the early seventies, man. Late sixties. Yeah. Um, 
So, so Leo, do you want to talk at all about that your experience? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a hard one for me because I get um, super emotional. But um, so I had done psychedelics, you know, in my life, and sure they had helped me, and sure they had, you know, created um, uh, places in my life where I needed to move and I needed to make uh, some emotional growth. Um, and and certainly, I believe in the the Kundera, um kind of tradition as far as like how can we interact with these experiences in a way that is for me, it, like it, it feels like this is a holy experience or this is a, a relationship with a consciousness that deserves respect and deserves um, uh, acknowledgement. So for me, that that feels, you know, certainly heavy and certainly we should, you know, acknowledge that. But the part that really changed for me was I was going through a very bad custody um, experience and had really lost hope, I think, in my life in terms of uh, parenting in a conscious way. Like I was there with my child, but I wasn't like there with my child. Um, And then when I started going to this ayahuasca church, which is actually legal. So when we talk about the DEA and like what's actually legal, there's actually psychedelic communities using entheogens that are legal as churches in the United States, which not everyone knows about. So I was part of this ayahuasca church and I felt like um, that that experience changed my life. I came to the conclusion that the natural world is alive, that the earth is a living Gaia mm-hmm. uh, in my okay. psychedelic experience. And I, I've never changed that opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, moving quickly, because we only have about, um, what do we have? We have about five minutes. Uh, do you guys have plans for a community center, right? Is that what you said earlier? In the yep. Yep. And also we're going to do a documentary on um, the Pacific Northwest, the, the underground psychedelic culture of the Pacific Northwest, but kind of specifically focusing on like native people that are doing uh, plant medicine with other native people, like just kind of showing things that haven't historically been shown in some of these documentaries. Nice. That's really powerful. I know that you've worked with Seattle Indian Health Board and with the indigenous uh, people of the area. Um, we and, actually, and... Go yeah, ahead. We, have, we have three native people on our executive board. So we're really trying to partner with like our local indigenous people in terms of like who has historically kind of held this uh, rel- relevance or this reverence for these plants in their communities historically. Like the native community is so strong here, but it's interesting. I just got a text from a native person on our, bo- on our board who had asked about whether we were going to talk about cultural appropriation with uh, with ayahuasca in terms of how people would be using it. And I said, well, there was a reference on our webpage that talks about ethical use of, of how you ethically, uh, you know, gather and gift and grow these, these plant medicines. So, so these are ongoing, yeah, there's, ongoing conversations. There, yeah. There's, there's white people going into indigenous lands, yep. acting as, as yep. shaman yep. and, and, these are, and kind of yep, all rep- misrepresenting, yep. uh, you know, traditional yep. ceremonies and stuff. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, somewhat problematic yeah. Yeah. Do you guys do you guys have a statewide vision for washington uh cody you want to take that one yeah oh yeah so you know ideally is we would expand this outside of seattle so right now currently as i think leo mentioned before there's a ballot initiative in oregon right now um i-109 i think is called to allow psilocybin therapy uh, so we would like to do something similar statewide like that at some point but at first, we're going to make this push for the policy in the city limits. Um, you know, like as mentioned before, like Denver, for example, it's a similar demographically similar progressive. Um, and, you know, when you have examples like that, you can show people, hey, you know what, the sky isn't going to fall and the streets are not going to be filled with people running around chirping balls everywhere. 
if you, I think if you recall, like uh, after is that a bad is that a bad thing, Cody? <laughs> I, mean, I, I don't think it's good to you know run out in the street and trip balls, but you know it's uh, you know every every you know set and setting set and setting are important. Right, right. Uh, I think I've always taken back to the example after Colorado um, legalized it, and there was the, uh, the editorial page writer Maureen Dowd for the New York Times, and she you know she goes to Colorado, takes overdosed a, on edibles, yes. takes a pile of edibles, and ends up you know in the fetal position of her hotel room writing an article about how terrible this is. So. I've been there, man. I've been there. Yeah, sure. About titrating. It's about it's about dosage, man. Oh my god. It is that (laughs) that first pass metabolism. But yes, it's it's about you know getting getting over the you know the people who are you know are are scared of change, who are scared of you know introducing these into society and showing them that you know it it'll be okay. In the long run, it'll be okay. You will not end up in the fetal position of in the corner of a hotel room. Uh, so that's 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 the goal is to you know take this statewide at some point um i'm gonna say i'm gonna say this two times but uh i'm gonna say it once now and then people get your pens and paper out for after the break entheosocietywa.org and info at entheosocietywa.org and i'll spell it out the next time uh, when people might be more prepared um we have under a minute, but I'm just, you talked about the underground psychedelic scene. Just touch in like, you know, 30 seconds on the underground uh, psychedelic scene. What, sure, is, what is that? Sure. Yeah. So basically people don't know that there are these legal ayahuasca churches or legal other types of churches. Like people aren't aware of the fact that people are drinking ayahuasca in these communities legally that the DEA, you know, knows about that they that they, you know, transport ayahuasca legally. And so you have these different communities, you know, you have the Seattle Psychedelic Society, you have the Cascadia Psychedelic Society, like you have these different groups and communities, but you also have people of color that historically have not really been at the table in terms of the psychedelic movement or or women for that matter, right? You don't like have a lot of women heroines in the psychedelic movement. You have like a lot of Timothy Leary's, but you don't have a lot of Joan of Arc's in the psychedelic movement. So, you know, we're hoping to change that. We're hoping to encourage everyone to be at the table, but but really showcasing the people that you wouldn't know about, like native people doing these plant medicines, like doing ayahuasca with other natives on their reserves. Do you know what I mean? That's something that we don't always hear about. Wow, that's great. I am talking to Leo Russell and Cody Zaleski. We're gonna take another break, get your pen and paper ready, and we're gonna come back with our final segment. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose, we're coming right back. Let me welcome Nick Hexum from 311. We've never heard things like your music when it first came out. It's like to mix the reggae with the punk and all of that together was just such an unusual sound and, and we loved it. We realized we're not going to copy what's on the radio. At the time, it was all grunge at, that was on the radio. And I said, let's just stick to what we know and wait for a culture to come around to us. Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. Now 
let the marijuana llama tell you something now about a game for your phone gonna make you say wow the game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash grow the seeds sell the bud put the savings in the stash little by little your empire grows large put the big celebrities inside your entourage you can choose to play with snoop or me or chichin chong cypress hill willie nelson with khalifa with the bong the name of the game is himping that's the point download and play while you light yourself a joint The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Trends and technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more on the cutting edge of cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The Cutting Edge of Cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company. We're back to Hemp Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And I'm back with Leo and Cody. Um, you guys, I'm, this is almost a scary thing to say <laughs> with everything going on in this country right now, but let's do a vision quest and fast forward one year from now. Where do you see your efforts? Have you saved the world yet? <laughs> um, oh my God. I think that's close. what you're doing here. Where, yeah. where do you want to be in a year? Where do you see things? <laughs> well, I think ideally by then um, we will have decriminalized all of these substances that we're talking about, the entheogens that we're talking about, which are ibogaine and psilocybin and ayahuasca, which have all been proven to be effective as far as um, for healing in different studies and so forth and things like that. So we are saying that people have the right to use these entheogens. And by then people will have actually been approved to use these substances without fear of criminal prosecution. And then by then we have our community center up and running, which is, you know, we're building community and people are getting prepared for doing above board ceremony, which is hopefully something that is on the books for, for next year and that we're looking forward to a statewide initiative. Mm -hmm. Right. That, yeah. That's what I think. I, I hope wow. so. <laughs> you know, Cody? Yeah. I I feel, you know, I, I would like to echo what Leo said. And it's just, you know, I hope that these substances become more widespread and more accepted in society, like what cannabis did for pain management. Uh, I think psychedelics can do for so many other disorders, too. And I know psychedelics personally have helped me grow and improve me as a person so much. And it was just one of the best decisions I've ever made was to take ayahuasca. And I feel it's almost, I have an obligation to do that, you know, to, if, you know, sitting down and thinking, okay, what is one of the thing, one of the, one of the most meaningful actions I can take to improve the world. And, yes. it, you know, it's, it's, it's it this. Believes. I, you know, I, I, there, because, I, because we will have so many more numbers in a year, like Vivian, like people are coming out of the woodwork. Like people are asking for this. People are questioning, mm -hmm. like, what is this substance? Like, what does it do for you? More and more people are asking. Mm -hmm. It really feels like it's a movement. Like, like the people are kind of waking up to the plants or the plants are waking up the people. Well, I just want to say how impressed I am. First of all, just by the work you guys have done in your in your other life is just all so powerful and, and important. But what, what you're doing here, that the time has come. I mean, we're past the time. This is the 
time is now. And you change the world by changing your own self, your own mind and your own heart. That's how you change the world. Yep. Um, you know, one mind at a time. Um, Leo Russell and Cody Zalewski found at, and get your pen out now, folks, and your paper, Entheo Society, E-N-T-H-E-O, Society Wa, W-A, EntheoSocietyWa.org. And you can email them at info at entheosocietywa.org. Thank you so much, both of you, for being on the show. Thank you. Well, yeah, thank you, Vivian. It's a pleasure being on here. My pleasure. pleasure. Now I'm going to get to a weekly feature from Hemperson on CannabisRadio.com. That's the quote of the week, and here it is. One psychedelic trip can make you understand more about the nature of reality than thousands of hours of doing science. And those are the words of Robert Selner. That concludes this installment of Hemperson on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, and all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special Hempo Sapien on a journey to justice as we silence the violence, increase the peace, and promote unity in the cannabis community with impunity. When it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find your voice and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Until then, my friends, stand strong, stand tall, stay strong, toke it easy, and turn up to my the music maestro. I'm going to get this out. I know I can do this. I'm out. Marijuana! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.